Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to another edition of a live stream Sunday School. Uh, today is Sunday, May the 16th. I'm Melvin Gaines. Thanks for being here this morning for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. We are going to get started with praise music. Uh, thank you again, praise team, for this. Uh, while we allow people to jump on with us, it's going to be a selection called Made Away by Travis Green. So here comes the music, and thanks for being here this morning. Morning, Deneen. Hi. Don't know how, but you did it. Good morning, Ronnie. Thanks for being here this morning. God bless you. Made Away by Travis Green. Brother Nate. Good morning, Marnell. Welcome from the Pacific Time Zone. Six thirty AM. <laughs> yes. Just like the old days of sunrise service on TV. <laughs> That's right. Good morning. Sunrise service, you were up with the chickens, the roosters. <laughs> Cock a doodle doo, it's time for sunrise service. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. It was very early in the morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Jennifer. Thanks for joining us this morning. for being here. The, str <laughs> the struggle is real, I know. <laughs> That's what you get for moving out there. Connectivity issues, just be patient. We're going to be here for you. 
Of course, all of these Sunday school uh, tapings are available online for view after, afterward as well. Too, so. so you really won't miss anything. And it's not about missing me, it's about missing what God has to say. And you won't miss that either. Good morning, Laura. Amen. 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 That was made away by Travis Green. Um, it, uh, it's a great message for this morning and about how God has truly made a way for all of us. Uh, thank you again, Praise Team, for the musical selection. We appreciate it very much. We appreciate uh, everyone just pitching in to make this thing work, which is uh, a wonderful thing. And uh, we pray that uh, today will be a good day in the Lord for you. We have a couple of announcements to make. First of all, uh, for those of us who are in Akron, Ohio, in the Akron region, and plan to go to church today. We will be indoors today. Uh, the decision was made this morning based upon the temperature, where it's not going to quite make it up to 70 degrees today, and it's going to be overcast, which means it's going to be a little bit cooler than normal. So for that reason, we will be inside uh, today for church. We are still practicing the uh, wearing of masks and social distancing for any church visit indoors, so please keep that in mind as you come to church today, dress comfortably for that, and the temperature checks will be taken at the door. And we trust that everybody understands that uh, this is just going on for a season. We'll see how we know that there have been some changes that are scheduled to be made in June, and we'll see where that fits as far as we are concerned. But we appreciate you all uh, participating until we get to that point with the appropriate protocols for attending church indoors today. And if you are not able to come to church today, that's uh, fine, because we probably won't be doing a live broadcast, but we will have the message available online in this timeline, the Akron Alliance Fellowship timeline, uh, immediately following Sunday school. Uh, and it will be I will be providing the message for you today, and it's called Being a Light. Being a Light. So look for that in the timeline after Sunday school if you're not able to join us for church today. Uh, something that we are very convicted to do to make sure that whether you can come or not, we want to make sure that you get the full complement of worship um, as far as music, like this morning, Sunday school, and also a message uh, online. So we appreciate your understanding with that. But prayerfully, if you can come, we'd love to have you. Um, please remember your tithes and offerings that are going to be, there's going to be a box indoors inside the lobby since we're going to be indoors today at church. Your tithes and offerings, we appreciate you also uh, having those every week because we still have to maintain the building and pay the utilities and all the good things that come with having a building. Building maintenance, uh, roof repairs, all those good things that have been discussed uh, previously. Uh, please remember your tithes and offerings. If you cannot uh, attend church today, you are welcome to mail your tithes and offerings to Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. And uh, we will be happy to receive those, and we appreciate your participation in that. And thanks again for just uh, 
continuing just to fulfill what's necessary to be uh, worship-oriented and service-oriented and doing all those things that uh, are your call to do. There's a really consistent message, and it'll be discovered here in this particular lesson today, as well as other lessons I've heard, things I've seen, things I've been exposed to. Really, really important for believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to be consistent in their approach. And we're going to discuss that today because consistency is going to be the key to longevity. And longevity is going to be the key for you to truly uh, recognizing uh, how you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ and all that you're doing and all that you represent on his behalf. We are um, going to be uh, continuing in Titus chapter 2 now. Uh, We're going to be covering eight verses today, so it's going to be Titus chapter 2. And with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and get started because uh, time is of the essence for me because, as you know, when I finish here, I have to get down to Akron for today's message. Uh, Please keep Pastor Gus in prayer. He he may or may not be in church today, depending upon how he's feeling. I know he's he's been scuffling with uh, uh, a little bit of asthma and, and dealing with that, too, so that's been kind of a challenge for him. And during uh, high allergy season, as it is right now, uh, I know I have to take my uh, nasocort, I have to take my Zycam, I have to make sure that I'm taking my eye drops because it's, if you don't do that, you're going to get hit with uh, pollen uh, big time. And it's, it's just a big deal right now for a lot of people who have sensitivities to allergies. So pray for Pastor Gus that he uh, continues to improve and gets better. Uh, he will be um, available uh, prayerfully next week uh, to give a message, so we'll pray for that as well too and pray for elaine because elaine is there to help and support uh with that in mind let's go ahead and get started with today's lesson and just be mindful that the lesson is speaking uh, about the right living in the church and and there are specific things that um, paul is speaking to titus about as far as what to communicate to the people so let's pray Father, we just thank you for this time that you have set aside for us to be involved with what your word has to say. We thank you for the lessons that we will receive from this information. And we thank you for your teaching through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for all that you have been doing in our lives and for helping us to be mindful of the times that we live in, that it calls for a greater awareness of your very presence and your teaching and your understanding. As we have been praying over and over again that there is nothing going on today that you're not aware of. You are completely aware of all things, and frankly, you just call us to be in a closer relationship with you, even in the midst of what's happening today. I thank you for that realization. I thank you for giving us the desire to do so. I thank you for the reminders from all the different messaging that has been out there for those who are paying attention. I pray that you'll bless us and keep us as we move forward, and we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, well, if you've got your coffee and everything going on for this morning, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Titus chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 1 through 8. Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. And it is a message that is... Titus is being given by Paul in his letter specifically to reinforce some truths that are already known and truths that we should even know as well, too. But these truths have to do with no matter who you are, how long you've been around, how old or young you are, there's a message 
somewhere in here that applies to you. And it applies especially, even if we look at our church demographic, we have a, a slightly older demographic. There's no secret about that. And we have some kids in the church, but not a whole lot. But the bottom line is, is that it's important for everyone involved, whether you're young or old, to make sure that your behaviors are such that you are honoring God and doing nothing but honoring God. And honestly, that is a real challenge today. There are a lot of people who feel as though they don't know where God is. They, they don't think God is anywhere present. They think that all these things are happening is because God is uh, taking a, a, a vacation or a sabbatical or whatever it is. Well, nothing could be further from the truth, and, and you obviously just need to understand that those people need to be guided and instructed correctly as far as what is truly happening right now. And so good morning to everyone who just joined us online. Thanks for being here this morning. So let's go again to Titus chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. We are in the New Living Translation, and the New Living Translation is the readable version we love to use for this particular class. We highly recommend that you follow along in your own versions that uh, are applicable to you and cross-reference uh, different versions as well, too, for greater understanding through the power of the Spirit. Pardon me? They're in the timeline. Oh, and they're, and they're in the timeline as well, too. Okay, so starting, starting with verse 1, Titus chapter 2. As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Verse 3. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Verse 6. In the same way, encourage young, the young men to live wisely. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. Okay, Titus 2 verses 1 through 8. There are some several key words within this passage that I'm going to be highlighting for our communication here online as far as what's going on. But first of all, go back to verse 1. As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Now that's, Titus is the leader of the church in Crete, as we have discussed before, and he is indeed responsible for presenting messages probably week, by, week after week or as often as necessary to communicate wholesome teaching, teaching uh, the things that are based upon God's word and these things are fruitful. What is wholesome teaching? Let's take, talk about that for a moment. It is the content of our faith. Any teaching, whether you're a teacher in Sunday school, a teacher in, in the pulpit, a teacher where you're in Bible class or whatever it is that we're talking about, the content itself must be based upon faith must be based upon what is presented in the word and that's what we're referring to about wholesome teaching 
um, how can we recognize wholesome teaching? In other words, you as a believer should be able to recognize what is beneficial or wholesome teaching when it's being presented to you. And this is where we've had these previous discussions about making sure that you are praying for discernment when you are listening and always being that Berean when you go back and after that teaching has taken place, uh, being that Acts 17.11 Berean and going back and looking at what's being said and making sure that what you've heard is consistent with this wholesome teaching that we are talking about in the Word. How do you recognize it? Well, first of all, when a teaching is sound, it combines correct knowledge and understanding with consistent practice. You get that? Correct knowledge with consistent practice. So ultimately what it comes down to is that what we are taught and what we learn in Scripture, it needs to be approached as it stands, as beneficial, it's trustworthy, it promotes greater understanding of the Word by the power of the Spirit, and it begs for consistency in action, consistent practice. So uh, what do we mean by consistent practice? Every day. We, we need to make sure that we're starting every day fresh, getting into the Word each day and reading and studying it and meditating on it and praying on it, and then living with a consistent practice as you go. Is it going to be perfect all the time? Absolutely not. It's not. But that's the whole point. You, you do it just because something bad happens or you have a, a stumbling that takes place. It's like, oh, I give up. I'm not going to do anything else with it. No, that's not it. <laughs> it's not it at all. No, you, you always have a consistent practice. You always go back and say, Lord, I forgive me for my sin. I forgive me for what I'm doing. See, that's consistent too. The act of repentance is actually consistent as well, too, because if we sin all the time, we, we need to be repenting and turning from that sin and truly, sincerely following the Lord Jesus Christ in all that we're doing and, and going back and saying, you know what, I made a mistake, but Lord, help me to find a way to not do this again. Help me to be stronger in my faith. Help me to grow in my faith. Help me to grow in this consistent practice. So that's what's going to be taking place in this wholesome teaching when Paul is instructing Titus to do this for the church. Now, there's personal instruction here that you're responsible for outside of teaching that you receive in the church, teaching that you receive from a pastor or anywhere for that matter, on TV, what, whatever it is that you're looking at. You need to make sure it lines up with what God is teaching. You need to make sure that it's what is consistent uh, as far as you what you're being taught. There shouldn't be moments where you're getting good teaching and moments where you're not getting good teaching. No, that shouldn't be happening either. All of it should be consistent. And it needs to be found in the Bible. It needs to keep Jesus Christ at the center. Um, just as all 66 books give reference to Christ, Jesus needs to be at the center of it. Result in consistently good behavior and actions. And promote spiritual health in ourselves and others. That, that's what wholesome teaching does. All of those things. Um, spiritual health is the whole idea. We have all this emphasis uh, that's taking place now if you watch tv long enough you're going to see commercials uh about treadmills commercials about the mirror commercials about peloton commercials about um there i could just name after name of all the different products that are out there that are talking about wellness and they exploded as soon as we got into a pandemic situation where we were at home so people had to figure out what am i going to do to get and stay in shape i'm going to work out at home all kinds of stuff about physical wellness, and, and they will charge you for it, too. 
Uh, so, <laughs> so, but this is free of charge. This thing about spiritual wellness, uh, which is something that we've kind of emphasized uh, recently too, even with our um, our seminars before we, we didn't have one in 2020 and we're not going to have one this year, but we had a great emphasis on spiritual wellness. Spiritual wellness is, essentially means you're getting in the word and practicing all these things that we're referring to here. Uh, sound teaching, which needs to come take place with you, yourself. Uh, you need to be involved with sound teaching of yourself as well, too. That's a consistent practice in the Word every day. How many of you are reading every day? How many of you are in the Word every day? How many of you are looking at the Word every day? This is something that if you're talking about consistent teaching, it needs to be taking place. It has to happen. It must happen. And, and when I use the word must... Obviously, there is no room for negotiation about this. If you want to consistently grow and be effective in the faith, effective in your practice of faith, there must be a consistent approach to the word each and every day. And we have discussed this ad nauseum. I don't want to get to it, into it now to get you off track, but we, um, for those who aren't aware of it, I do recommend the two-year Bible plan, and we'll just... Leave it there. We have a two-year Bible plan available for you to look at on our Akron Alliance uh, Fellowship Church page, akronalliance.org, a consistent approach to the Word that takes you in the Word and allows you to meditate on the Word every day. So that's what we need to look at. That was just verse one. <laughs> I just wanted to cover that. Um, but this is very important for us to understand. Believers have to be grounded in the truth in order to do what? Avoid having a lack of discernment and being subjected to false teaching. There are a lot of false teachers out there today in the world. And the sad thing is, is that a lot of people are unaware of the false teaching because they are not prepared to be able to discern it and address it from their own ways and understanding because they haven't been reading and preparing. Flat out, everybody, we're in a battle of good versus evil. If you don't see this right now, and if you're not seeing this, then you need to get in the Word right away and start looking at all the different warnings that Jesus even gives us about false teaching. And just about every book after the book of Acts, we see representations of how to avoid false teaching. John talks about it. Uh, Paul talks about it. All of these different people have spoken about false teaching. False teaching is very prominent today. You must uh, be able to understand truths of the Bible to avoid the false teaching. And there is tragic circumstances that come with being involved with people who are subjected to false teaching. It can be quite tragic. It can be generational. There's a lot of issues with this. All churches of all different denominations are responsible for making sure that what they present is true teaching. Um, we need to make sure, we need to understand something too about emotions sometimes come into play when you have these great orators who like to speak um, loud and hard about what they're saying is true when in fact it isn't true, but it plays on people's emotions. How do you get somebody sometimes off guard or off track? You play to their emotions. We have seen this happen many times before. Churches do this all the time because they believe that that's a way for 
people, and maybe people think that they should be emotional because it shows their spirituality. Well, the only person who really needs to understand your spirituality is between you and the Lord. It's not a public show. It's not a public broadcast of how emotional you are um, because you can detect if someone is putting on a show for you and if it's not really sincere, that is not going to be anything that's going to gratify God or glorify God in any way, shape, or form. That doesn't glorify God. People need to understand that. And we need to be prayerful that we were looking at this very, very carefully when we look at uh, how we approach the Word. And don't allow false teachers to sway you with emotional appeals or say things or do things that can trip you up. Um, heaven help those people who have been teaching falsely and to do so in order to gain money or riches or power. Um, that would be, uh, they need to repent immediately and turn from their evil ways. That's evil. That is not godly by any stretch of the imagination. So those responsible for preaching and teaching must challenge people to understand what? Sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. If you are not reading each day, then you cannot be a participant in this understanding of sound doctrine. Sound doctrine means a consistent practice where... You're reading and studying every day, and you're looking at this, these, this word, and sound doctrine is what overcomes false teaching. Sound doctrine overcomes false teaching, period. That's what we always need to remember here. Learn the Bible, study theology, apply biblical principles, and live what you learn. Live what you learn. What you learn is, should be part of your life. That's exactly... Um, what I've been hearing from other places, too. Live your life and live according to what you learn. And that's going to be a challenge for all of us to do that. We, it's, you're not just reading the Bible just saying, well, it's a checklist. I'm, it's a checklist for my day. Okay, I was supposed to read the Bible. I did that. Now uh, let me get on with my life and act you know, like nothing happened. That's not why you read the Bible, and that's not why you study the, why you study the Bible. You study the Bible for life for your life and that's what we have to understand satan knows all too well who is in his camp and who isn't and you don't need to be in his camp and you shouldn't be in his camp if you are reading the word every day he doesn't he doesn't like that he doesn't want that and he wants to always try to dissuade you from reading have you ever noticed that it, it, there are a lot of distractions that may take place where you have to block out distractions for just maybe 15 minutes a day and just get into the word and read and then pray about it. And then that goes a long way for the rest of your day. That goes a long way. Okay, let's go back to verse 2. Teach the older men. This is Paul speaking to Titus again. Uh, back to Titus 2, verse 2. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Now, I'm going to mention this because, first of all, this whole passage here talks about specifically about people in different ages in the church having certain roles within the church. So we're going to talk about the, the, the older men, the older ladies, the younger women, the younger men. Uh, but specifically, we're starting with the older men. The older men, interestingly enough, is the appropriate starting place here in a church, isn't it? Because we're looking at leadership, usually, uh, that fits that category. We're looking at elder 
statesmen of the church, people who have been, uh, who have lived their life, who have a lot of experience, life experience that they draw upon, and everyone should be paying attention to what older men are doing. Amen? Everyone. That's, that's the point of why the older men are being referenced here that Titus needs to give instruction to them to make sure they're exercising self-control. Let me tell you something. If self-control does not take place within a church, you're going to have all kinds of foolishness taking place, and no learning will take place if there's no self-control. I promise you that. You're never going to see learning taking place. If, if the men of the church, the elderly men of the church, are not acting in such a way where they are honoring the Lord, living in such a way where they're giving him honor and respect, then you're going to have chaos in a church. And how many churches have we seen, or how many churches have you heard of, perhaps as you've grown up, where there's just been nothing but backbiting and chaos? And who are the people responsible? Usually people within leadership of the church, uh, people who are men in the church. That cannot happen. It must not happen. It should never be taking place. It's a bad testimony for Christ when those things take place. The men have to have a sound faith and be filled with love and patience. When you don't have self-control, you've got potential for trouble. You've got potential for problems. You've got all these issues. And so the men have to give a start to this. Uh, I'm going to frame it this way. That's kind of what uh, I'm getting from this as I read this passage. Because I've gone over this before and I've looked at it. And it's like now that the more I think about it, He's giving instruction right away about what the older men must do, and then everything else is going to come and flow from that practice of using self-control. Self-control is what does what? It controls your emotions. It controls, it doesn't allow you to react in such a way that's out of hand. It doesn't allow you to snap at someone. It doesn't allow you to go off on somebody uh, arbitrarily. Self-control means that your behaviors are all in line with what we would consider to be Christ-like behaviors. Now remember, Christ had emotions too, but he controlled them and he used them for the benefit where God was being glorified and cleaning up issues. But self-control was the byline for how he behaved, and that's how men should also behave in the church as well too. Now we'll get to the women. I'm not, I'm not omitting them. I'm giving you guidelines as far as what um, when we're talking about leadership and we're talking about what's going on in the church, these things are going to apply to women too. But men must set the example for everyone in the church. And, and that, that goes with just like how a woman honors her husband by being you know, respectful of him as well too. And a man is supposed to live in such a way where he loves his wife and cherishes her. But see, there's this relationship that goes back and forth. And it's the same thing that applies within a church. So let's go to verse 3 so that you'll see that I'm not just leaving out anybody else here. Uh, similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. See that? They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. Verse 4, these older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. So we see how much of that starts with what the men have to do to use self-control. And then go back to verse 3 again. 
Teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Now, interestingly enough, what is that a characteristic of? Leadership in the church. The elders in the church. The people who are leading in the church have to have those same characteristics. They can't be heavy drinkers. They live in such a way where they're not slandering people. They're, not, they're honoring God. All of these things are very consistent teaching that we all need to see. So the older women have to also set an example as well as the older men. Uh, but the older women must live in such a way where they are in fact honoring the husbands that they're married to, living in such a way where they're not gossipy, they're not causing trouble, they're not backbiting, they're not talking down about somebody. All of these things are all, hey, human behaviors, everyone. Uh, if you go to a church... Uh, there's a lot of human behavior that's taking place where you talk about behaviors that we need to make sure that we are honoring God from here on out, everybody. That is what needs to take place. There's no place for gossip in a church. There's no place for people in the church who are heavy drinkers. Um, you do not need to... A heavy drinker doesn't necessarily have to be an alcoholic, by the way. Um, so we need to keep that in mind, too. And, and there's nothing wrong with drinking if it's under control. And we we won't dwell on that. We understand exactly what that means without getting into a whole lot. Uh, Timothy was told to have some wine for his stomach because he was sick all the time. Well, it didn't mean that Timothy was going and imbibing constantly about it. It was just a little bit of wine was what was said. So we need to understand that there's that alcohol is permissible, but... Not everything is beneficial, which means the heavier drinking that you do, that's not very beneficial. And it doesn't, it doesn't honor God. It doesn't honor him. That's what we need to see here. Um, so this, this characteristic here uh, about not slandering others or being heavy drinkers is the exact same uh, requirement of elders in the church, people who are leadership, have leadership in the church. It's generally assumed that if you're an older woman in the church, you are one of those individuals where you may not have a title of leadership, but you are looked at. You are people pay attention to you. People see your behaviors. So what does it say? Instead, they should teach others about what is good. Teach about what's good to others. The older people should teach the younger people by words and by example. In other words, don't tell people in the church well, you shouldn't be gossiping, and you shouldn't be doing these other things, and here you are, one of the biggest gossips in the church. You have to teach by words and by example, plain and simple. Uh, don't need to dwell on that. I think that's is pretty self, uh, self-explanatory. But how often do we, we mislead younger people because they see one thing and they do another? And, and you do another, rather. When, you, when, you, when they see inconsistent behaviors. Remember what we said about consistency? Consistent practice. Inconsistent practice is what gets people thrown off track. And we must see this as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We must live in such a way where we recognize we must have consistent practices. We don't want to give people the wrong message by doing the wrong things. And if we do the wrong thing, we need to say, I'm sorry or apologize. Because people need to see humility in the midst of that too. Don't be that person who is too caught up in not saying I'm sorry when you make a mistake. Be humble. 
we, we've, I've run into people in the past who, who can't apologize because they don't feel like they can be humble enough. They know they made a mistake, but it's time to apologize. It's time to repent. It's time to get back and doing those things that are necessary. Let, if you apologize, your kids or your children or people around you are going to have more respect for you. They'll have more respect for you because they'll see that you acknowledge you made a mistake and you recognize it and you're owning up to it. What is the biggest issue we have today? A lot of people will make mistakes. They don't own up to it. They don't care. You must set the example for everyone around you. And that's not just the younger people in church. I was going to mention this earlier that you have people that you run into outside of church. People in your own family. Your sons, your daughters, your nieces, your nephews. People that you run into, that you associate with, uh, family members. You've got to set the right example as a person following Christ. And so these are all behaviors where we all suffer from the flesh and we have fleshly behaviors and human behaviors. But look, this is a generational thing, everybody. The more that you live for Christ and you live in such a way where it's consistent and you're living by faith, you're passing this on from generation to generation. Remember, we're teaching a child in the way that he grows up so that when it comes time, when it's necessary, he will not, he or she will not depart from what they've been taught. And that's exactly what this is all about. The church sets the example within the community as to how behavior should be taking place. The church sets the tone for what the proper responses are when things are happening in the world today. The church is the one that must do that. But it's not always on the pastor or on the elders. The people of the church must carry this stuff out when they leave the building, when they leave the premises, when they leave the premise of study and teaching on their own. They must carry this out. They must not be the ones to slander. They must not be the ones who are getting drunk. They must be the ones that are acting in such a way where they're honoring God and people can see it and people can recognize it. How do you attract people to the person of Jesus Christ? You have to live as he lived and show people what that represents. That's what must happen. So I hope that you can see that. This church, our church, must continue to convey this, whether we're online or in the church, in person. We're going to convey this to everyone, the importance of making sure we are studying and looking at the word in such a way where we're honoring God and we're living with a consistent practice as we learn about these things. Okay. Verse 5, living wisely and pure, back to Titus 2. Verse 5, live wisely and pure to work in their homes, to do good and be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. And we, we covered that. That's where the older women are teaching the younger women to do the same thing. They're basically telling the older women, this is how you behave in your own home. This is what you need to do. You're showing people, by example, how to live in such a way where you're giving honor to God and not shaming his name. And that's what it comes down to. You, you, we've, they're... Look, we're all going to make mistakes, like I said, and there are, going to be, there are things that we've done in our past um, that, you know, we've, we've left an impression on the children that we've raised. You know, most of you know I'm married now a second time, and, and the one thing that I'm prayerful that my, my children, Allison and Bradley, recognize is that they're going to live in such a way where they're recognizing where I am today with my lovely bride and how I'm living today and honoring the Lord and serving Him 
and they're going to have enough sense to know to not do the things that are bad. <laughs> they're going to they're going to learn some lessons from all of those things. So we need to make sure that we're doing the best we can, that we're always you know yielding to the spirit, yielding to the Holy Spirit and making sure that we're recognizing when mistakes are made and that's what we have to do. It's still my dream. I've I've said this and I think I've told this to Allison or not Allison to Bradley and Nicole um that I would love to be able to stand up before them and marry them both. They're they're still fiance and fiance. And I'd love to be able to do that for them. I've I've felt very strongly about that. I was convicted about that a long time ago and we'll just have to see if that takes place. They haven't gotten married yet. So, so I don't know if they're waiting on me or not. But uh <laughs> but we'll have to see what happens with that and see where where that goes, but I I would love nothing more than to do that. That would be something that would be very special. And to be able to do that would be a doing in such a way where we'll be honoring God, being consistent in practice, and we'll see where that goes. We'll see how it happens. Self-control is an important aspect of living the Christian life. Amen? Self-control. This is something that Titus is being instructed to teach this very thing. And, of course, our churches are, what, made up of people from different backgrounds, different situations, different circumstances, um, different levels of... Um, uh, wealth or different levels of uh, places where different viewpoints, different ways of seeing things. So in that situation, you're, you're going to wind up with conflict in some situations. You're going to have conflict. And that's a normal thing. We need to understand that the world that we live in has a lot of conflict. And let's look, look what, where Titus is, he's on Crete. He's on the island of Crete where there was a bunch of conflict. A lot of hostility, pagan environment. Guess what? We live in pagan environments. We live in a hostile world. So in order for us to stay above reproach, we need to be using God's wisdom. We need to be using his discernment. We need to be discreet. We need to master our wills, master our tongues, master our passions. Don't get blown up with emotion. Christ must always be honored in our duties and in our speech. You understand, Christ must always be honored. It doesn't matter what someone else says or does to you. You respond in such a way where Christ is honored. Because it's not about you over-talking someone or you getting the best of someone. That's all fleshly behaviors. That's all fleshliness. We must do better as a people when it comes to living for Christ. We must do these things. So self-control must be the way we operate within a church, within a people, as we go out in public, as we teach in our homes, as we give instruction to our younger people, our children, as we give correction to other people who need correction. Self-control. Um, there, and there will be need for correction. Correction is going to be necessary uh, in the body of Christ because there are people who need to be corrected and brought back into the till. So this whole idea of teaching people means that you have to make the assumption that people, when you're getting in front of them, they have no idea what's coming. You have to present the material and give it to them and teach it to them so that they recognize and understand what they need to do going forward. So please keep that in mind as we look at this and see what's happening. Um Women who were new Christians back in the church 
were being pulled all over the place. They had to understand the importance of having harmony in the home. Um, you know, a lot of guys used to make jokes. You know, Henny Youngman uh, had a joke that he'd always tell, take my wife, please. Um, he was making a joke where he was going to give an example about something. It would be, take my wife, and as he was going to give an example about our behavior, then he would say the word please. And that's a big yuck, yuck, and chuckle, I guess, back in the old days. But other other comedians did the same thing. They would, <laughs> it's like, they would just rip on their wives. And, and the reason why they did that, now, you have to understand something. This is in a uh, kind of a fleshly domain type thing we're talking about. Wives are known to be emotional and uncontrollable and unpredictable. <clears throat> and so the men, you know, they're usually caught off guard and, you know, uh, when men are caught off guard, for example, they'll get into an argument with their wife, and the wife will know exactly what they're arguing about, something that happened 10, 15 years ago, and the men are like, they can barely remember what happened 10 or 15 minutes ago. And so they're caught off guard. And those are all jokes that have been said over time, and, and you all know what I'm talking about. Don't don't just stare at me over <laughs> So, But the point is, is that women uh, are being instructed to not get emotional, to be to work in such a way where they're honoring their <laughs> where they're honoring their their spouses at home they're doing the things necessary to make sure that they are above reproach they are honoring God in their actions and they remain submissive to their husbands which you have to understand that's a big deal you have to understand that being submissive does not mean you are a a, a, a dirt rag uh, you're you're doing it in such a way where you're honoring him, and you can have quiet discussions about what's right and what's pure and what's appropriate. So these are all lessons that we've had to learn, and we need to understand that. So we obviously want to counter what the world's thought is about uh, married men and women, but we want to show what it is to honor God in our relationships, both the husband and the wife, honoring God and honoring um honoring him uh, as far as what he represents in our in our marriage and our relationships now for those of us who are single we know what to shoot for don't we we still want to do the same thing and have the same practices whether we're married or single doesn't make any difference so god is being honored in all aspects of this uh this discussion if you're in an age or in a position where people look up to you uh, make sure your example is a motivating uh situation for younger believers to honor Find ways to honor God. You you want to make sure you're doing that. That's what I would always want to do too. I want to make sure that my kids is my kids are in their 30s now that they and their old ones are older than that, right? That I'm not around right now, but my my youngest are in their 30s. I I still want them to see me honor God so that they in turn will understand what it is to honor the Lord. And the fact that they were talking about going to church that one time and actually going and and doing some test driving at churches, that was a very uh, great thing to see and understand. So we, we just want to keep honoring God in that manner. Okay, I'm watching the time clock here. So let's go to verse 6, back to Titus chapter 2. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely. And this is a big deal, everybody. The young men, and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind, let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. And I'll just read verse 8. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. 
How important is it for us to teach young men in the church as to our proper behaviors, proper consistency, the proper approach when it comes to honoring God? Young men are a tough nut to crack sometimes because they deal with all kinds of emotions as they're growing up. There are all kinds of exposures, things they're exposed to, areas where they want to be popular if they can be, all these things that are are distractions from, frankly, sometimes what God's word has to say. And back at this time, when Paul is giving instruction to Titus, it's being given to young men. Uh, this was important because in ancient Greek society, the role of the husband or the father was not viewed as a nurturing role, but merely as a functioning one. What an interesting thing to see. A lot of men today don't nurture in the home, they more or less function. A lot of our fathers, they went to work every day. They had their jobs and they provided for the family. And typically that was the end of it as far as they were concerned, as far as what their role was in the family. And they would leave the women of the household, the, the women, either the daughters or the, uh, the wife, to do all the nurturing issues. Well, there's a little problem with that in, in that fathers need to complete their role as support and nurturers as well as being providers in the household. Oh, there's a news flash for you. I don't know if that's something that you uh, recognize or not. And sometimes uh, men just have to learn that role too. <clears throat> for whatever reason, this macho thing that's been uh, presented over, over time has been a real issue where men have just felt like, well, I can't appear to be weak or appear to be doing something in such a way where I'm uh, not... Yeah, sensitive, because that uh, will take away from my image. Well, you know, what image did you have in the first place? You, you, are you honoring God, or are you, are you honoring what your feelings are? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So you, you need to understand that many men today have been raised in families where fathers have neglected their responsibilities. That's, that's kind of where we are with this thing here. Yes, they may have provided for the home, but they may have neglected other responsibilities. Raising their children. Raising their children is the issue here. So husbands and fathers who are good examples of Christian living are important role models for young men. The men of the church, the young men of the church need to see older men have responsibilities that show not just taking care of their families, but also raising their children in such a way where they are honoring God in that practice as well, too. So that's what we need to see here. And so Paul is urging Titus to be a good example to those around him so they can see his good deeds and imitate him. Imitate him. Not copy, imitate. Uh, you, we are not to copy off of anyone. Copying is copying all the mannerisms that a person does. You know, um, No one should want to copy uh, the rhetoric that Rodney Dangerfield used to have. Oh, oh, oh. I don't get no respect. Ho, ho, ho. That's not how you honor anybody. I mean, it's funny for the time when it's being said, but ultimately we need to be imitating those who are honoring Jesus Christ. Okay? So um, I don't know why I'm thinking about comedians today. It's just, it's just coming to mind. So, <laughs> Okay, so we need to keep that in mind as we look at this. We want to imitate those who are following Christ. Paul's life... Uh, would give his words greater impact. And so Paul is learning from, Titus is learning from Paul about what's being said here. 
So if you want to act, if you want someone to act a certain way, if you want someone to, to mimic your behaviors, then live in that way. That's what you do. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Live in such a way and reinforce what you're teaching by living in that manner. Uh, it would be kind of counterproductive if I was living in such a way that was just raucous and didn't follow what I'm teaching right now. It would be contradictory. And what does that do? It harms the word of God. It doesn't, it, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's just secondary. It's more about harming the word of God. It's harming God. It's not having a positive influence for him. So I think that that's where we need to always make sure we're paying this close attention. Okay, so teach the truth, back to verse 8, teach the truth that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. What is that criticism? Is it in the word itself? No, it's because of inconsistent behavior. The criticism will be, well, you say these words, but are you living according to these words? That's the criticism. That's where gossip starts. That's where backbiting starts. That's where you have disarray within a church when the teaching and the actions don't support each other. So that's exactly what we're referring to here. And I, I trust that in the teaching of sound doctrine, we need to make sure that we're living in such a way where that sound doctrine is a regular practice within the church and with the people. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the truth. We thank you for the truth that you present to us. We thank you for what you are doing to teach us and motivate us to serve you and live in such a manner where we're honoring you in everything that we're doing. Lord, we just thank you for the lessons that we're learning here today. And we thank you for how you continue to teach us as we study on our own. Lord, remind us of the importance just to get in front of your word every day to take the time to sit quietly and study and read your word and to pray over what we've read. Lord, we want to be of service to you in all areas, and we want to do so with a consistent approach where we're truly honoring you in all that we do. We thank you, Lord, and we ask that you just bless us and keep us as a people, as a church, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for being here this morning. A reminder that the... Uh, message for today will follow on the timeline, being a light. Uh, we invite you to stay tuned for that if you are not coming to church today. If you're coming to church, you'll see a different version of that uh, because it'll be done live. <laughs> so um, uh, thank you again for being here today. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe, everyone. And we hope to catch you around the bend next time. We'll see you.